Consider this. 100% of owners will leave their business one day, but few are prepared. Are you? Don't worry. You're in the right place with this podcast, Succession Stories. Host Lori Barkman, the business transition Sherpa, guides you from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. Lori is a business transition and M&A advisor, specializing in growth, acquisitions, and selling owner-led companies. She's also the author of the Business Transition Handbook. Get your copy and learn how to avoid succession pitfalls and create valuable exit options. Sign up for a business transition newsletter at SuccessionStories.com. Show us the love by subscribing to the show and posting a review. We appreciate you. Now, here's this week's Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. The earlier you plan for life after exiting your business, the more successful your transition will be. Determine your post-exit goals and work towards a number that helps you achieve your preferred lifestyle. Anna Felix, smart money strategist with Stronghold Wealth Partners, joins me for a conversation about financial transitions. Listen in to learn more about finding your number, how much you'll need to live on after exiting your business, when to find out what your business is worth, and considerations for long-term incentives that owners might consider to retain and reward key employees. Enjoy this Succession Stories episode about financial transition strategies that drive value with Anna Felix. Is this the year to sell your company? Don't leave your exit to chance. Stony Hill Advisors works with entrepreneurs like you to get ready for what may be the biggest transaction of your life. Learn what your business is worth by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. Anna, thank you so much for being with me today on Succession Stories. I'm excited that you're here and it's really cool how we met. I think we should probably start there, share with the audience. How did you find me? So I was recommended by someone. We were in an event together and she had talked about what a great professional you were, how we should connect because you work with businesses, I work with businesses. And so I connected with you on LinkedIn I think I also had heard one of your podcasts and I just loved your energy and the things that you expressed that you had done. And so we connected and uh, it's, it's been a wonderful conversation since then. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to give a shout out to Robin Crane because I think she was the host of that show and Yes. And certainly she's got a strong following of women financial advisors and, and you're one of those. So The topic for today is really interesting. We on this show have covered financial topics for business owners and what they'll think about in their business transition over time for their personal transition, their business transition, and there's financial. And some advocate in exit planning that that's really a professional business owner, someone who's thinking about their future. That's where they should start is financial. So I'm excited for our conversation because I want to go a little bit deeper about that. So let's start with you and what's your story? How did you get into being a financial services advisor to business owners and other professionals? Yeah, well, definitely probably not your traditional path. Uh, I literally call this my second act. Uh, I started off in education and linguistics intelligence and financial things were 
you know, important to me, but I just never really thought about investing money. What were the best ways to do that? It just wasn't a thing that, that I focused a lot on. But that changed very dramatically when I became a widow. And so about 12 years ago, that happened. And all of a sudden, all the things that I didn't know about money, the things that I were not aware became very important to me. It was like, oh my goodness, I'm 42 and I need to figure this out and I need to figure it out quickly. There were some immediate decisions I needed to make. And so I felt very unempowered around this whole thing about money and went looking for help. And I kept getting the same similar thing. First of all, you're not my ideal client because you don't have a lot of money. Second of all, you know, I, I really am not, don't have the time to answer your questions. And the last gentleman I met with, he said, you know, Anna, I, I don't have time to answer your questions. And quite frankly, you don't need to understand this stuff. You just need to marry a rich guy. And I just couldn't even believe that he'd actually said that. And so it was leaving that appointment, walking back to my car, that the idea occurred to me that maybe I should just become the person I was looking for. I didn't know if that was possible, didn't know what that looked like. But I thought, I know that I could do a much better job of this. And that's really where it all started. I actually entered the industry about three years after that epiphany that day. Yeah, after you picked your jaw up off the floor, <laughs> after that person told you to just, you know, get married or something, you started your your career and your journey and how you help people. So let's let's talk about this topic of very few people know what they need to have and to live the life they want to live after they stop working. I don't want to call it retirement. It just might be a different life stage. Maybe they're still working, but they're working in a different way. Maybe they're a business owner. They want to sell and start another company, or they want to truly just travel around the world, or they just want to be with their family. How do you help them look into the future and figure that out? Yeah, so again, it really depends on, as you just pointed out, what their plans are, but but it's important to look ahead at, you know, what is whatever that lifestyle that I'm going to be doing, what does that look like? What am I going to need to generate an income on a monthly basis to do those things that I'm planning to do? And if, if that's 20 years down the line, then we need to add inflation into that too. I mean, we really want to come with a number. And I find that most people haven't even thought about like, if they've planned what they even want to do, and many haven't even done that, they really haven't looked at what does that number look like? What am I going to need to generate monthly for that. And so that's a really good place to start. What does that look like? And then figure out, okay, what do I have in place? And what is that going to generate? So that then we come up with that number of what I need to do in the next 10, 15, 20 years, whatever that time frame is, to get to that number. And it should not include your personal residence, because you need a place to live, right? Right. Yeah, Unless you're going to downsize eventually, and then that could become part of the, let's say, your asset list. You know, if you sell your $5 million mansion and then you downsize to a million dollar mansion, that could be part of your nest egg. Yeah, of course, that's a consideration. And that's why, you know, it is so important. And I have to say that so many times when I ask people, you know, because that's really kind of where we start. What's the plan? Where, where are we getting you to? What is our ultimate goal? 
many times they're just like, they haven't even really thought that through very carefully. And so it's great that I can spark that initial conversation because we can't achieve a goal that, that we don't have in sight. And so really looking at that and what is it? And many times they'll stop and, you know, I never even thought about like that. This is what I want to do, but I never thought about what does that look like money-wise? What do I actually need to generate to do that? So it, it's great that, you know, that conversation can be sparked because the sooner we have that conversation, the sooner we know where we're going, the better it is. So if we look at a business owner's total picture, there's the personal assets, as we just talked about, and then there's the business and what the business might be worth and their percentage of that. So perhaps they own 100%, just to keep the math simple. If we are the entrepreneur and we're the founder, when we first launch that company, it's not worth very much. So it's going to be a low percent of our total pie. But over time, as that business grows and becomes more valuable, it could very well be that the business is the largest piece of that total pie. Is that what you've seen? Yes, absolutely. That's correct. And and many times, I want to say 80% of the businesses that I've worked with, you know, they're really counting on whatever they can sell that business for. That's what they're going to live on. And, 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 and they'll tell me, you know, that's my plan. I grew this business. You know, it's really successful. And that is my plan. Of course, we don't have any numbers in there. It's just whatever I can get that to is what I'm going to have to live on. And do they know what their business is worth, typically? Uh, no, not not in what I've seen. And, and that's where what you do is so important because it's your baby, right? Like it has so much value and you believe that it's worth this much. And, you know, maybe it is, but maybe it isn't. And the sooner that they, you know, get evaluation, that they speak with someone like you to know, what can I realistically expect from this? What is truly the value, not through your own eyes? Because, you know, the business owner's value is, is, is going to look a lot different than what it might really be on paper. Yeah, absolutely. When should a business owner start thinking about this total picture and their potential transition to the next phase of their life? Well, a lot sooner than they typically do. And, you know, I would say having this conversation a good, ideally 10 years before you sold your business would be great just because there's a lot of moving parts to it. There's a lot to take into into consideration. And the sooner that you're having that time to figure all those things out, it's going to be much, much easier. Absolutely. What are some of those things that business owners have not yet thought about? Is it more on the contingency planning side? Is it on the business value side? Is it on managing the, the ups or managing the downs or both? Yeah, I would definitely say both kind of all of that that you've talked about. Obviously, it's going to depend a lot on the type of business that it is. But, you know, just recently, I had a conversation with a business owner that they feel like they had two or three very key employees in place that they were hoping, you know, would eventually take over the business. That was kind of how they saw it. But one of the scary things was that they hadn't actually had that conversation or really looked at what they were doing now and today to ensure that those employees would even stay with them. And so 
that's one of those things. Like if, if this is going to be something six, seven, eight years down the line, it really needs to be talked about and really worked out and, and figured out how is that going to look? And that was what I told the business owner. So the point is that if we haven't had this conversation, if we haven't talked about what the plans are this many years in advance, then what if that employee leaves and that whole plan goes away? So it's super important to have the time frame to do that. Yeah, that's a great topic. Let's dive into that topic. This comes up quite a bit in conversations I have with clients. It's come up in the show. Our, our people are everything, especially if what we say to increase business value is to make sure that you are not the linchpin for everything, that you're not solving all the problems and, and the sales process isn't 100% dependent on you as the owner because a business that can't survive without its owner is going to not have much value. So it's, in, it's important to have the key staff. It's important to have second in command and people that can keep things moving forward if you're not there. Like maybe you're never allowed to take vacation because things would just stop in their tracks. So to this economy we're in and the state of employee, employee or mind shift that's been happening over the last couple of years and employees wanting different things and making different choices, retention is so important. And I won't call it loyalty. I think it's just changing preferences, right? So if you've got this master vision for your transition and it involves other people, but you haven't yet had that conversation, it's kind of important and it's a tricky one and there's no one answer, right? It's not one size fits all, but where you've seen it work well, what are some of the things that an owner might consider for incentives, long-term incentives and the mechanics of some of those things? How do they work? Yeah. So obviously if, if you make it, and I call it when I speak to business owners, golden handcuffs, if you make a plan for them, a succession plan, let's say that is irresistible that, you know, obviously they're with you now, they love what they're currently doing and you just really make the deal so sweet that they're not going to want to leave ever then that can be a really helpful thing. And one of those things and what I help them do is create a financial plan for them, a retirement plan, if you will, that, you know, if you stay 10 years or whatever the time frame is that they come up with, this is the plan that you'll have that is tax-free retirement. It has so many wonderful components to it. No other offer is going to get that employee to go somewhere else. And that's typically... What takes people somewhere else is, you know, oh, I'm going to get this bonus or, you know, there's not a lot that that can be offered much more than that. But the type of plan that that we can help them implement for that employee just makes it so that I I can't really go anywhere else because they would never be able to do something like this for me. This sounds too good to be true. And I'm not familiar (laughs) enough with your industry. Can you just give a couple of examples? Yeah, so what we're looking at is is we call it a Kaizen plan, and we're looking at getting the bank to fund your retirement plan along with you. So essentially, you put in five years worth of money, generally somewhere between twenty-five dollars and $30,000 a year, and then the bank funds it for that time that you're funding it and five additional years, so a total of 10 years. So 
essentially you are three timesing the amount of money that you could put away in a plan and you only have to do it for five years and then you let it grow an additional five and then in year 15 you pay back the bank their loan and you get to keep all the rest of it and it all comes out to you tax-free so um, it is income that the taxes have already been paid on it so you're pulling that out. It's not going to affect your taxes later on um, in retirement. And the thing is, it's it's three times more than you could ever fund it yourself. So it's you know it's leverage that that you're not going to get in any other situation. So if your employer is offering this to you to hey you know stay here, be part of the company, this is what we will you know contribute for you for these five years. Um, it, it's phenomenal. It's, it, it really cannot be beat. <laughs> who is your most important customer? The person who buys your business. Stony Hill Advisors works with owners to maximize the value when you're ready to sell. Get started today with a business valuation by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. So let's say there's an employee that's making, I don't know, we could just use rough numbers just for conversation, 100,000, 200,000, whatever number we want to pick. And they're offered this benefit. What what could be that retirement nest egg that they're looking at at the end of that? You said five years or was it 10 years? So in year 15 is when they would start pulling it out, but it only gets funded for five. It grows another, you know, 10. And then, um, well, very close to $100,000 a year tax-free, again, depending on the numbers and how much we're actually putting in there. But they have a minimum of uh, $1.5 million worth of life insurance that's also tied to that. Um, and then with that comes living benefits. So if they were to get sick or something were to happen to them um, health-wise, there's like another fund of money. It does not come from that cash value that's growing there's another fund of money that can be used for that. So really anything that could happen to them, I say if you if they have a long life, short life, sick life, um, all of those eventualities are going to be covered. And that's really something that, you know, if, if you don't have those things in place, you just never know what could happen. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if an employee is making 100,000 annual salary, just rough numbers, after 15 years, they'll walk away with what type of number? And of course, this is just with lots of caveats that we don't know for sure, but just in your experience, what typically might they expect? Yeah. I mean, you know, $75,000, $85,000, you know, tax-free money coming to them um, on an annual basis. Annually. Yes. After yeah. the 15 years. Correct. And that's based on their life expectancy. You said there's life insurance tied to this also. Yeah, so it's not based on their life expectancy. It's just part of what comes with that plan. So um, because it is written in a life insurance policy, that's why we're able to grow that money tax-free. Um, that is just an additional coverage that they have that comes with it. So, um, and, and it really makes so much sense for the employer as well, because what if that key employee of yours gets sick? And something happens, um, you know, knowing that that they have coverage for anything that could happen to them moving forward could be a big help for the business as well. You know, I, again, those are the things that we don't know what could happen, 
But if you have these things in place, then you're able to deal with them in in a much easier fashion. Wow. So it's a defined benefit for a period of years once they retire from the company. So we're incentivizing them to stay with us for the next 15 years, which is a pretty long period of time. And if we go back to the other question I asked you, which is, well, before you're looking to sell your business, when might we start really fashioning all of this? And you said 10 years. So they they line up. Yes, the more time yeah. you have, the more options you can create. I, I've had some conversations with people. They say, oh, I want to sell my company in five years. And then they never have a plan really in place written down or articulated. It's just in their head. And neither have they come up with any of these golden handcuffs. And they haven't had conversations with they're key people. So it's kind of a recipe for success if we can line up all these pieces, right? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, again, if you have a plan and you, and you have a path of, you know, who knows, something like COVID could happen, something else could happen to affect your business. But if you have a lot of these things in place, navigating any other changes that come in could, could make such a huge difference. I was looking into Kaizen because when you and I talked offline, you know, for our pre-call, you mentioned it and I wasn't familiar. I did find a little, a little bit of information. I, again, I'm not an expert on it like you are. Um, so using it with a golden handcuffs is, is one mechanism. And what I saw generally is that it could also benefit an owner by funding other types of business liabilities, such as key person buy-sell agreements, succession planning, as we've talked to about these key people. Um, Do you have any experience with with that type of application also? Yes, absolutely. That can definitely be used in in any of those modalities, especially key man, uh, something that I've used it for before. So yes, it it can really, um, you know, make a huge difference in those um, different types of succession planning. For people that might not be very familiar, maybe we can just spend a minute on key man, key person, you know, why is that important? And also the buy-sell agreement side of things. Yeah. So, you know, who is going to, if you have that idea of, you know, my, my key employees, that key person um, taking over the business, then, you know, this gives them the ability to have access to funds where, you know, whatever that uh, succession plan is for, you know, are they going to pay this much towards it? How, how does that work? Um, it, it sure makes it more, much easier for them if they have these plans in place, these funds available so that, you know, what if, what if that gets triggered two years sooner, would that key person have the ability to have the funds to implement the plan that was put together? These type of plans, having access to this type of money, the cash value that's in those policies makes it possible to navigate those things and figure out, you know, what if we have to do something a few years earlier? What if it it gets prolonged? What if one of those people gets sick? All of those type of things. Um, What if the owner decides that, you know, for whatever reason, they want to back out sooner? When you have these type of plans in place, this type of money in place, it makes navigating that much easier. Gotcha. You work with a lot of women business owners. Are there any other common themes that emerge? Well, I would say that for women, it is much, in my experience, it is much 
harder for them to let go of that business, even though they feel like, you know, someday they do, they do want to walk away from it. When I said earlier, it's their baby. I mean, that, that really is the case. And so I think that having these type of conversations makes that much more of a reality in their head. If they're truly looking down to, okay, yeah, this is what I need to do. And it, it helps them come more to terms, I guess you want to say with, you know, if, if I truly want to walk away and, and benefit from this business that I've grown, then I definitely need to, to plan for it more. And I think that when women realize that that will help them do that, then they're much more open to having these type of conversations earlier on where they might be, oh, you know, I don't, man, I really don't want to do this, but Yes, it makes perfect sense that if I at least have a plan in place, it doesn't mean I have to follow through exactly. Maybe I can still extend it more if I if I don't want to sell it right then and there, but I have a plan in place and I can do it if I need to. Gotcha. You are a wonderful resource and I'm sure that people will want to reach out to you. You're in California, but you work with people all over the, the United States. What's a great way for them to get in touch with you, Anna? Well, they can go to my website, AnnaFelix.com. And what I always recommend is just book a time with me. We'll have a conversation, see if we're a good fit. I feel like that just makes it, you know, not a lot less stressful. Like there's no, no preconceived ideas, no requirements. Let's just have a conversation and see if uh, it looks like we'll work well together. Awesome. And as I ask everyone who comes on the show, do you have a favorite quote that inspires you? I have many, but the one that's sitting on my desk is the ladder of success is best climbed by stepping on the rungs of opportunity. That is a great quote. Thank you so much for joining me today. This was awesome to learn about these techniques and opportunities to help business owners really think through how they can keep their key people. And I really appreciate you sharing your insights. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And so to our listeners, thank you so much for all of your support. Catch Succession Stories on your favorite podcast player on YouTube and subscribe to the show. If you want to maximize the value of your business and plan for future transition, reach out to me for a complimentary assessment at meetlauriebarkman.com. Join me next time for more insights from transition to transaction. My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand what creates value and what detracts from it, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Hundreds of business owners have taken my complimentary business assessment. As a first step, schedule a call with me by visiting meetlauriebarkman.com. That's meetlauriebarkman.com. Dot com.